Why'd you snap? Why was it a snap? And why, why, why'd you have to change it up? <laughs> I thought I'd change it up today, okay? Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, uh, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Irvine, California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and we are, this is the last day to apply for the NAP scholarship, so please Go to the nomadicarchivistproject.com to learn more information about it. And I'm also the exhibition coordinator for Marking Time, Art in the Age of Mass Incarceration, which opens in Cincinnati at the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center, April 22nd, 2022. Amen. And I am Seth Rodney. I am the senior critic and opinions editor at Hypoallergic. And uh, I'm coming to you from Newburgh, New York, where I live. This is to remind you that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and I know we had said we were going to talk about, you know, last conversation, we had kind of queued up something, but uh, Stephen um, uh, was taken by the spirit and wants to talk about Jussie Smollett, and I'm very happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stephen, you want to take us in? Sure, sure. Well, accurately, I want to talk about just the Jesse Smollett case, which I think sure, okay, intersects right, right. in so many different. I mean, that it has so many components and so many ways to enter it as an as as a as a thought experiment in a way. Um, and I want to approach it with some humility, but also with some compassion. Um, and so, for those of you who I, I'm assuming everybody knows, but I'll I'll gloss it really quickly. Uh, actor and singer. He appeared on Empire. His name is Jesse Smollett. Um, in January of 2019, claimed that he was the victim of a hate crime in Chicago. He was told he um, told investigators as well as Robin Roberts in an exclusive interview for Good Morning America that he um, that two men attacked him, called him the faggot, a nigger. This is MAGA country. Started to beat him up, threw a noose on his neck, uh, splashed him with some unknown substance. And so over the course of the investigation, uh, Smollett went from victim to perhaps perpetrator of this um, mm. this crime. And that he staged the I whole thing. I think you can take the perhaps out part. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking the... You know what? What I'm trying to do is to do the thing and then to come back around. But uh, Okay, I, I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean to but, disrupt your thing. But sorry. I'll say that through a series of events that we'll discuss here, uh, he was convicted in, on March 11th. Um, for a class four felony, which carries up to three years in prison and a large fine. And so he was sentenced to 150 days, as well as a $145,000 fine. And more recently, he was released um, pending appeal of his case. And for the last three years, it's been up and down. Interesting to watch Smollett sort of defend himself and what and the stories that he um, shared with the public, the public stories. And the way it was written about, the Chicago police, other people supporting him. I wanted to talk about it because I felt like given the, I mean, there's always racial tension (laughs) and it just depends on where you're at in the country and it depends on, you know, a number of things. But I think that what Smollett did was to, well, he lied. I think he lied, completely lied. And I never believed him from the beginning. And I wanted to, not wanted to believe him, but his story just didn't add up from jump. Mm-hmm. There's a good friend of mine, actually two good friends of mine, who at the very beginning of hearing about the case summed up really how I felt about it. I was like, it's just too many things. You were attacked. Someone called you. Right, right. Hey, hey, faggot or nigger from Empire. Now, mind you, Empire is not that popular of a show. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, this is what I mean by compassion, right? Because my brain went, I, I wrote on my notes, celebrity bubble. This idea that maybe yeah. you're recognized, you're not that well recognized, you know? And then I was thinking, okay, well, who watches Empire? I'm assuming mostly black people. I could be wrong. There might be some white people looking at Empire. I don't know. Anyway, they attack you, they throw bleach on you, they put a noose on you, they beat you up, they scream MAGA. 
I'm like, these guys are really well organized. <laughs> and they were only, so what were they? They had like a checkbox. They checked off all the boxes. <laughs> like, and my friends were like, no, we just all went no. And as the case <laughs> developed and more information came out about the, uns- uh, if I always forget their, um, how to pronounce their names, and I apologize. These are two men, one that was used to be Jesse Smollett's um, uh, trainer, Osundario right. brothers, originally from Nigeria. When they came out and more videotape showed them buying the materials that were used in the attack, I, it was mm-hmm. it just became more and more bizarre. But listening to Jesse sort of defend himself on Good Morning America, but also I think he had a concert that was scheduled. So he sang at the concert and then either before or sometime during a conference, he says that, you know, he's fighting. He, ain't, he you know, he he fought back all this really sort of nonsense stuff. And then. The key for me was I'm the gay Tupac, which had no context. It made no sense. What? He said that? He said, I'm the gay Tupac. And I remember that resounding, and the BBC article that I read the other day said, he uh, said this without context. And I'm like, there, because it wasn't a context. There was just, yeah. I think that celebrity bubble thing, because there was not like, you know, there was no. He had been fired too, right? Like, wasn't there something like that? Like he was, he was going to be leaving the show or something like that. They were speculating, they were speculating that he was trying to build, that he was um, in in the, in the key of that, that one, he wanted to get a raise and he wanted to stay on the show Mm. or, but that Mm. he was trying to bring attention to him himself. And he did. And (laughs) Yes, he did. To me, it was a stunning, like, I was trying to figure out the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath, right? So I'm going to do a little digging today. Mm. And I I was thinking, you know, deceitfulness, you know, manipulation, conceited. He just never felt like um, an honest person. By the way he told his story, he was very, if you watch these, if you watch, I want to always go to the people themselves and say, what do you say about this? Not just the reports mm-hmm. about you, right? And he, and I don't want to see anyone go to jail, but dude. And so I want to get into this later, but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to, to come in. I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to um, come in because I was talking <laughs> for as long as I did. And, but I, I mean, I'm very curious to see how, what you guys think. And I'm glad, um, Travis, that you said you were just, you know, it, was, it wasn't really on your radar, but you'd heard something about it. And so... But what yeah. what did you think about it initially? Yeah, so, I, so I it's hard for me to track exactly when my suspicion started. It was very early. I don't know if to borrow your phrase, I don't know if it was from jump, but it was it, it was certainly around then, right? I, you know, I don't I don't know exactly if it was immediately when I heard the story or um or within a couple of days or something like that. But um you know, I, I don't, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out why I wasn't, not that I should have been, but I'm trying to figure out why I wasn't more engaged in sort of tracking it and following it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, it's just, it's all just some nonsense, right? Yeah. And I don't mean that, I actually say that to, to, I mean, it's, it's really like, it's terrible and consequential. I mean, Mm -hmm. basically, you know, in in a lot of ways, it's analogous to like what Amy Cooper did, right? In this yeah. in, in Central Park, like basically leveraging this incredibly deep psychological wound in the country Absolutely. that is being played out in all of these various venues and in all these terrible ways and wrestled with in good faith ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's weaponizing that and just, you know, instrumentalizing it to just for naked ambition mm-hmm. uh, or in, in this instance, attention. And, you know, you've mentioned uh, psychopathy or whatever. I mean, certainly seems possible. I mean, get, I mean, I mean I'm not a doctor. It's just <laughs> something's no, up. No, right, right, no, no, of course not. I get it. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, it's really just a, it's a, it, it's an easy way to say like, this person's really outside the firelight here. Like they're really far out. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, Yes, yeah, so, I mean that's my initial take. I mean, I'm, I, I certainly have more things to say about all the kind of things that that swirl around it. But mm-hmm. you know, Smollett himself wasn't a very interesting figure to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, what was certainly more interesting, and I definitely read more about initially, uh, were 
were the the number of people that defended him. Oh I yeah, mean, and not just like not just the only fans, you know, that that were defending him, but right. I mean, people in in major publications and outlets and no, and, absolutely, and talking about, um, you know, the the kind of the racial bias in the justice system, etc. So, Seth, and, you and, and, to jump in, yeah. Well, just I wanted to add um, a detail to what you're talking about in terms of supporters. I'm reading from. I think a Guardian, a Guardian piece, um, they mentioned uh, Samuel L. Jackson and his wife, LaTanya. Um, they mentioned, I think the, um, now, I'm, now I can't find the name, but the um, president of the NA, NAACP, um, Black Lives Matter, Rainbow Push Coalition, la, la, la. Um, you know, there were quite a few people, even after, by the way, he was, um, these are people who, Verbally mm-hmm. supported him after mm-hmm. he was convicted. So here's the thing: I was desperately trying to find these these, these the brothers' names because I want to I want to actually say them correctly. This I, I, the, I, the two I, Nigerian I, brothers. Yes, I I read yeah. the names like several times within the last few hours as I was taking a train home, mm-hmm. and now of course I can't find them. But whatever. Asandario, um, the Asandario brothers. Yeah, I know, but I want to say the first names. But oh. what it was whatever. Um, here's the thing that I, I, Stephen, I didn't have your level of suspicion when this story came out. Okay, kind of like Travis. It was sort of on my radar, but not really. Like I, whatever. I just, I don't. I've actually become comfortable in saying this in my um, advanced years. I'm now 51. I can say comfortably. <laughs> I don't pay that much attention to pop culture. I just don't. Like I just like people who mm-hmm. star on TV shows, actors, models singers, whatever. They don't, right. I'm just not that interested. Mm-hmm. However, when I did read details of the story on the train, getting home this morning, uh, I realized that some of these things were ridiculous. So he was claiming apparently on the stand that uh, when the brothers attacked him, he didn't recognize them. But he claimed <laughs> elsewhere that he had paid them the $3,500 for advice and work out, um, yeah, work out, um, I think, advice and something else. Not actually training. Like, this is mm. so, like, everything about this is just so stupid. Like, you're, who, who pays someone $3,500 for advice? And like, oh, you should, you know, do this protein shake. Right. Nobody. And then you say that they don't, that you didn't recognize them when they attacked you after you paid them money for work. Like, what? Like, What? I think this is probably why he was convicted. <laughs> the stories, the, the, stories did the jury not of his peers up. did not. Yeah, yeah I mean, none of it does. And the thing is, uh, there is there is a kind of way, and I don't like this. I'll just sort of generalize for a moment. Mm-hmm. Get up on a soapbox and do this. I don't like the way that within the black community, there's a certain faction. And I think this is the same for the white community. I'm not like, you know, sort of isolating black people and saying, ah, you're, you're something's wrong like with you're you. like you're reading my brain. But, I was like, uh-oh. That's <laughs> all right. like, not the black community. But I'm, clo- I'm, I'm in the black community and I did not agree. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I'm, I'm closer to the community. So if I see, you know, I see the, the sort of, the rot, like, you know, is closer to me than it is to maybe to other people. There's a way in which even after you're shown to be a liar, Mm -hmm. people will say stuff like, well, you should free him because look at what's happening during this time. Nobody like this needs to be in jail. And I just want to say, that's just a crappy argument. Like, don't like just, what it, uh, just admit to it. Admit to your being wrong and him and Jesse Smollett being wrong, and then say, however, they're mitigating circumstances. Well, I think this story is full of bad faith players <laughs> from Jesse, mm, right? Through the cops, right. through the people who supported him. Because what you're saying is like, okay, for example, I've been hearing this. Um, a lot in relationship to the case. Oh, and everybody says it and they mean it slightly differently. So if it comes from mm. Uh, mm. the white community or someone who's white, they will say, well, he's making it harder for other people to to be taken seriously as victims of racial mm-hmm. or homophobic mm-hmm. attacks, which I feel like mm-hmm. is mm. not the frame. And so when black people say, mm-hmm. well, you know, other people have been that, 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 I go, bad actor. No. Mm-hmm. So, Right. We're talking about a system right. here 
that's what the focus should be on. So the notion that Jess, what Jesse did um, diminishes people who've been attacked or will be attacked, you know, for homophobically or for racially or whatever, it doesn't minimize their cases. Mm. We all have to be good faith players and take people seriously. Mm. That's mm. the thing. Mm. So what bothers me mm. is like, that's a way not to talk about it. That's what I mean by that. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I'm being as clear, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's easy, readily yeah. available language to go, oh, now everybody who is racially attacked won't be taken seriously because of Jesse motherfucking Smollett. Please. Right. How long has this thing been going on? <laughs> Hello? Agreed. <laughs> this Agreed. Is Agreed. Really boring, really stupid, but also, I think, so who was harmed? Let me ask you this. Who was harmed by Jesse's, uh, Jesse's lie? I keep on saying Jesse. Jesse's um, lie. Who was harmed? I don't know. I mean, I think that, that that's a good question. I think that the, the honest, the really honest answer I have is that it's not apparent that anybody was. However, mm-hmm. there are stories that we're not aware of. Maybe when how many ever those detectives were on the case of Jesse Smollett, mm-hmm. um, three or four detectives, five or six, who knows? They, they, they claim they were working around the clock. That does sound to me like, you know, you know the kind of rhetoric that you gin up when you, you're mad at someone and you want to make, you know, the, the, the sort of bit largest, most, uh, what's the word, um, scandalized case against them. Right. But maybe they were. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. Maybe they were working around the, around the clock. And maybe there was some mugging victim who didn't get the attention that they needed at that moment because mm-hmm. certain detectives mm-hmm. or police personnel weren't, weren't, weren't available to them. We will never hear those stories, likely. So right. I would say it's possible. It is possible so, that someone was harmed, but I don't know. For me, it's... <clears throat> I don't know if I would go too far with that game of like sort of, you know, kind of localizing the harm in this particular instance. I'd mm-hmm, rather just mm-hmm. look at the principle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's when you start aggregating harms like that, and, in a, in a, and, and this isn't actually directed at Yousef at all. It's just, I mean, because it's a natural way to answer the question. It seems to me that you get to justify all kinds of, uh, public policies or judicial policies based on this imagined aggregated harm, when in reality the issue is that you're dealing with an individual who has, again, to reiterate what I said at the beginning, has has instrumentalized this this sort of this yeah. communal wound, right? Yeah. This historical wound mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. country, yeah, and has done it for his own. His own advancement, his own purposes, his own vanity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and right. so, you know, I don't know that I don't know that anyone was directly harmed by this, other than J- Jesse Smollett. But certainly, this choice and this conduct will lead to harms if it is perpetuated. Right. Mm. So, a- as people, so like this is a really extreme boundary case, right? Mm-hmm. But so dial it back from ten, right? So this is ten on the extreme boundary case. Dial it back from ten, and like. Turn it up to a two or three, and what do you have? You have people, you know, playing on racial grievance to mm-hmm. advance yes. their own ambition. Yes, which happens all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, all the time. All the time. Why? N- n- not because of not because of black people or brown people or white people, but because of just people. Because that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. people look for leverage. They look for handholds to try and get forward in life. And so, Smollett is a really easy one to condemn. And to point at and to laugh at and to mm-hmm. into from a certain you know from a kind of a reactionary right point of view like a Ben Shapiro point of view mm-hmm. to you know to minimize or diminish absolutely you know you know an, an ongoing problem in the country a kind of sickness that we I mean we're a very sick country when it comes to that and I don't just mean white people here I mean as a country as a culture we are sick with 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 race. I mean, in racism and, and sort of all of the, the kind of baggage that comes along with that. Um, and so I would, you know, what becomes interesting to me is like, well, <clears throat> what kind of place produces that as a viable strategy? So like mm-hmm, Smollett, mm-hmm. you know, clearly thought that this was going to get him some leverage and yeah, he over, he overacted it, right? Like he came in like Lawrence Olivier instead of like, you know, like an understated Tom Cruise or something on film. Like he really, he just overplayed his hand. And so, but what kind of country produces that as, as a tool, right? So 
I'm sorry, go ahead. So, no, no, sorry. I, I interrupted you, Travis, but what immediately came to mind is that moment in Mad Men, the series, mm. where, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that, that uh, centers on the ad exec, Don Draper, where he's in, I think, Korea. I think he was in the Korean War. And mm-hmm. there's he's serving under some lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And there's a barrage of gunfire, rocket fire or something. The lieutenant essentially is... Yes, he's killed. That's that's what the scene indicates. And um, the guy whose name is not Don, what's his name? It's not David. It's something else. It's like, I think it's another D word. Um, but he's not Don Draper. But he but he recognizes a moment and takes advantage and steals his identity. Because mm-hmm. he knows that if he goes back as Don Draper, he can have a significantly different life. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a similar move, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's really it's a really yeah. it's theft of uh, someone else's cachet. It's 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 making a lie, right, out of your own life in order to in order to advance yourself. And mm-hmm. that's when you say when you ask the question, what kind of culture produces it? The, our culture does. Our culture that yes. is essentially, I think I think the fundamental issue is that. It's a. It's not a real meritocracy, but it has the rhetorical trappings of a meritocracy. So people, when mm, they find mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. in the moment, oh yeah, that I can't re- like I'm not really going to be able to pull myself up by my by by my bootstraps. That's not really going to happen. So what's my angle here? And and mm. the people of us who are perhaps a little less morally, I want to say. Centered or loyal? <laughs> um, we, yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll 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 say okay. Well, then I'm just gonna take advantage of this thing that I can do that I may be able to get away with to get ahead. It, I, I, I just feel like <laughs> that. That's both of you made really, really good points about like what kind of culture the culture that. So, for example, when you said that, I was thinking of. Like who would who would do this? Sorry, it was Travis. I was just thinking. Okay, so <laughs> develop um, has I don't I mean I can honestly say I've never thought about staging a homophobic or racist attack. That's <laughs> never come across <laughs> my brain in fifty six years. <laughs> never. No, I'm okay with that. And Mm-mm. so I want to say that, and then I wanted to say that I was thinking about the celebrity bubble. And how people feel like mm. they have a need to say something immediately. I support this, whatever, without any, like the rush to judgment mm. is even, it's mm. it's um, light speed now that we have the internet. Because we have so many platforms where mm-hmm. people can say, this is the worst thing in the universe. And, you know, <laughs> this, there's a mutual friend of ours, Seth, which is Sean. And you could just see Sean mm. not shaking his head no. He goes, no, this doesn't sound right. From the first moment he heard mm-hmm. it. And I was like, it doesn't sound right, does mm-hmm. it? And we were like... Laughing mm-hmm. not at the thing, but just like the ludicrousness of it. It was like the too many mm-hmm. things going on here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we didn't make you know send out. This is the person I think he's guilty. I was like, I, it, it, to me, yeah, it seemed like right. it seemed like a a a, a, a parody of an attack. Mm. A, not a parody. Mm. That's not the word. No, parody is a, is a pretty good yeah, word, actually. Yeah. So when you, but an unintentional parody. Right. Like, That's I mean, it. Yeah, he, because... Like, he, yeah, he lampooned himself. Right? Lamp- <laughs> he lampooned himself. <laughs> and I also feel like he's not the, the greatest actor. <laughs> so he's sitting with Robin no, Roberts not. for about <laughs> right. 15 minutes, and he's talking to her. And I'm saying, I just don't believe a word you're saying, dude. <laughs> I don't. And you keep... And he kept, like... With the racial animus thing in the in the in the culture itself, he kept saying, "I just want some little gay boy to know that I fought back." I'm like, "Who the <laughs> fuck are you talking to?" <laughs> oh, celebrity bubble, celebrity bubble, yeah, celebrity oh, bubble. And just... I mean, when he was when he was yeah when he was gaming this out like and brainstorming this whole thing like. Didn't, didn't someone at the table go like, I think that's one too many things, Jesse? I think like, like, Why don't we take away news and unidentified substance like, thrown on you? Um, and, and, and really, right, honestly, right, right, people right, don't know right. who you are. So just go maybe faggot, you know, or nigger, but not both. Yeah. Right. And definitely right. not right. Empire. Maybe, let's leave the news out. Empire? So anyway. Um. <laughs> just leave the news out. I think like it's, I think it works. I tell you, it totally works. That, I think yeah, it totally works about the news. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. So the 
but it makes me, you know, thinking about the way that it's inter- instrumentalized in less ham-fisted ways, but in ways that are analogous, and and in ways that um, end up being quite pernicious and quite harmful, mm-hmm. it happens all the time. Absolutely. And I mean, this happens amongst elites that are competing for very high status jobs mm-hmm. and uh, and competing for the a limited amount of bandwidth that exists in the culture at any given time to give attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm th- like someone, um, you know, like Roland Fryer, like the, the, uh, the Harvard economics professor that was essentially... Um, suspended for two years on what appear to be completely trumped up sexual harassment charges mm. because he he did his line of argument did not comport with other mm. sort of famous and well-regarded lines of argument in the intellectual oh. black community. And so you end up having some I mean this is this is kind of crass careerist competition. Using, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, tough here. No, no, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Using what? Yeah, using using just sort of like the shivs that are available to you to get people out of the way, and 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 this is and and it seems to me that we we have turned up the temperature in such a way, and that we have focused the culture in such a way that these tools are they're too tempting not to use. Right. If you if you are an ambitious, non-white, you know, executive or elite or cultural figure or whatever, it becomes the ease with which you can deploy these tools against other elites that are either white or non-white. It it becomes too great a temptation for people to use because it works. It gets you ahead, right? I mean, we Does do it know get people you ahead, that have been. Doesn't really get you ahead. Well, yeah. it, 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 I mean, no, no, but yeah. Stephen, 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 we just talked about this a few months ago with the Rachel Nichols thing. Remember the comments that she made about um, black colleague Maria Taylor and Taylor like totally instrumentalized that situation to like go get a. Even you said it, Stephen. You said it better yeah. than I did that she instrumentalized the situation to go get a better job somewhere else they ESPN sidelined yes, yes. Rachel Nichols and she got she got a ton a, a shit ton of uh, of animus uh, dumped on her because she supposedly um, and I'm doing air quotes here she supposedly mm-hmm. like um, spoke bad or demeaned her colleague where where really we talked about this what she was trying to do was say look she hasn't worked the way I have on right. this game I know this game this is not fair la yeah. la ESP, yeah. ESPN needs to get its act right. together exactly. didn't even really blame her didn't really blame Taylor just said ESPN is fucking up right but Taylor took it and ran so this does happen no it does happen and I, I misspoke because my brain is still going I think that mm. there are so many exec black executives I think the, the 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 percentage of it, because the way that you were framing it mm. earlier, Travis, with it being a tempting thing to do, I'm like, if you're psychotic, I mean, it's something you're not. It's just not, you know. No, no. The, someone so, took my um. The someone took thing my, is right, so far someone took, out. Right. Someone took my cupcake. It's race. They took it, you know. So no, it's not happening that way. But you're right. For someone psychotic or psychopath, absolutely, someone who might have that ambition that you're talking about. Because I do agree. Right. Yes, I do agree with what you said, um, or what I said. Apparently, um, I, <laughs> I agree with what I said. Um, yes, yeah. I know it I happens. Apparently, was right. It's just that I don't, never want to make it sound like it's the it's the thing on the page that's in bold, right? Oh, As right. the presence. Right. But you're right. It is Jesse Smollett's thing is so far out that it. I mean, you would expect John Lovitz from Saturday Night Live to go. I was acting, and they're like, "Oh, that was good. That was good." No, you're not yeah. even a good actor. You know, this isn't. Right, right. It's what you said earlier. Take out one of the things. Take out two of the three of the things. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know what else actually kind of fucked them up before the whole controversy hit was that, um, and I don't know, I don't know if you guys heard this, but the rumors were, and I don't know that this is true, but mm-hmm. the rumors were that he was uh, having an affair with the show's producer, uh, mm-hmm. the director Lee Daniels, and mm-hmm. that. I, I, I don't know. That, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. you, you hadn't heard that. The, the gay, the black gay call didn't come in with that news. The wire. 
<laughs> it didn't come. Like I imagine, yeah, I imagine you like at home with like can the I just, old, the can old I time like stock stock ticker tape Glasses like coming right up here, and it'd be like right, right, and then you're reading the black gay news like as it comes yeah. up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except that that was just super dated because they would be like DMs, right? <laughs> like, I know. Right. It, I would, know. it wouldn't be a teletype. That's funny with the I, know. I get to do the noise. I know. That's more fun. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. I heard that there, there was a letter that was mm. sent threatening Jesse Smollett, and he had claimed that he had been mm. threatened before, and that this letter mm. came and it was like you know with the cutout letters from the "I will kill you," you know that kind of thing, <laughs> um, and that they didn't investigate it like super thoroughly. Like from seven or something like that. Yeah, I mean, not as good as seven. I mean, seven's great. <laughs> it's just like this is, a, is great, yeah. this is just low level acting, but. Where's John oh Lovitz? God. I was acting. I was like, oh. But you know, yeah. but you know, a guy, honestly, I don't I don't have a ton of sympathy for Jesse Jesse, but I do I did reading those reports today, I had I did have this thought. Like, what is this guy gonna do? Like seriously, like oh, who's gonna hire him now as an actor? Like seriously, like what 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 is he gonna really do? Just the people you talked about earlier, the bad faith actors or the people who support him. Mm. And they can support, let me be clear, people can support anybody mm. who they want. Mm. But I feel like mm. that support, like love with accountability, you know, mm. we support you, but you know you did it right. We know you I, believe you did it. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah. I mean, I could see him getting speaking engagements at like in BLM functions and stuff like that. I mean, Some. I absolutely. But, do, but others going to pay? Yeah, but others going to pay, really? <laughs> I think he is a spectacle now. So he's entered he's yeah. entered that realm of spectacle. And I don't think that he And money follows that. Right. Money follows does it that. Really? It does. Yeah. But I think about someone who was a victim, who's an actual victim, which was um Monica Lewinsky, who for years didn't, you know, she persona non grata. Mm. And until very recently where she decided to help tell her side of the story. Right. You couldn't fathom what that twenty something year old woman was going through at that time because everybody dumped on her. The press dumped on her. Hillary dumped on her. Clinton dumped, everybody dumped on her. But she was the one who was being taken advantage of. But we didn't see that. I mean, we yeah. saw that to some degree. It was political expedient to sort of like move her out the way. But hearing her tell her story was really moving. And it was in the context of bullying. You know, that's what I've yeah. seen her, her give a couple yeah, talks. I but feel like... But that's different. Yeah. From, no, no, I, I'm not comparing it to Jesse Smollett in that way. I'm saying that I think that once you no, become a spectacle, it's an interesting road ahead. It's not a clear road. It never was really clear. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I actually appreciate the analogy uh, a lot. I mean, they, they they reveal a couple of things. I mean, one, mm. the difference, right? I mean, Monica Lewinsky clearly had a sense of shame. And so she disappeared from the public eye for years. Yeah. Uh, and two, you know, it's a really... Um, it's an important reminder, you know, because one of the things that I often criticize here in the podcast and in general mm -hmm. is is what we kind of were talking about, the sort of instrumentalization of these, you know, kind of forms of oppression to just cover over basic human behavior. But the Monica Lewinsky thing is such a fantastic example of how really substantive beneficial shifts have happened in the culture in the last 20 years that there have been some unfortunate consequences of that but there have been some really uh important and righteous things that have emerged from it i mean the fact that we ever i mean you know on this side of the 19th century pilloried monica lewinsky in that way mm -hmm. while i mean is just I'm so, I mean, I was young, but I mean, I'm ashamed if I ever thought anything untoward about, I mean, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, God and, and how, and how sure the, the culture was of itself at that moment. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, I mean, all the talk show hosts were, you know, them. they were, I mean, and this is the most anodyne comedy you can have in the world, right? I mean, if you're, if it's, if it's a late night routine for Jimmy Kimmel or something like that, like you, these are basically softball pitches and mm -hmm. all of them were excoriating Lewinsky. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Absolutely. And they all, you know, sympathizing with Hillary and then, you know, even making light of it for Bill and excusing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and and I mean, and now the thought of that is so beyond the pale. Absolutely, like that's a great thing. That is a great shift in the culture. It's, it's a- so, so, but but sorry, sorry to interrupt, Stephen. But I just mm-hmm. want to get back to this point before we lose it. You guys rather easily said uh, that you thought that there's money behind being becoming this kind of public spectacle, and that you're gonna mm-hmm. basically you're gonna be fine. I just really want to nail this down. How do you know that? Like, wh- how do you know that these people actually make money after a kind of public flogging like this? Well, that's why I said it's not a really clear road ahead. It's mm-hmm. really about, I think it'll be incumbent upon Jesse Smollett to make some sort of public statement or to do something, write a book. Mm-hmm you know, mm. do a short documentary or something, release an album, and then try to do this mo- this media blitz around his work. So I feel like he mm-hmm. has something that he can, but it's hard to engage someone who from the very beginning is emphatically mm-hmm. has never said anything other than I'm innocent, mm-hmm. right? So, so I, but I'm sorry, go ahead, Travis. You probably have more. Co- no, no, co- no, please. No, no, please finish it up. But that, I think that's it. I th- I'm not sure about it. I just, I'm not sure, um, but I think that spectacle is strange. Mm-hmm. Spectacle mm-hmm. is strange. Jesse Smollett, I remember, remember when Michael Jackson was standing on the top of a car like after one of mm-hmm. his court appearances and he was like, Tola, mm-hmm. Matola, you know, and mm-hmm. he was doing all that right. And there were people like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and from <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> from moment to moment, from Kanye West to Kim Kardashian, how why people pay them so much attention and then that generates into money in terms of at times, you know, through, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, social media platforms, even products, albums and so forth. So I don't, I don't know. I think Jesse Smollett, I just hope he gets help. I think that's the <laughs> easy answer out. I just okay. hope he gets help. I don't really need to see mm-hmm. him do anything. Mm-hmm. I would say there are probably two fairly clear paths forward when someone is a spectacle to uh, future success and social security. Mm-hmm. One is the story of redemption. Uh, so, you're mention that. <clears throat> yeah, the apology, uh, the come to Jesus moment. I mean, we love that as a as a culture. We love that story. And, and to be clear, it's a good story. Like, I mean, we do. I mean, people can be redeemed, and people mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. Um, uh, can. Uh, make changes in positive ways. I mean, if you don't believe that, then we, we have a problem. You know, a lot of our ideas around criminal justice reform are problematic if we don't think that people can can have redemptive Very. changes in their lives. So, so that's one. <clears throat> the second path is to become an instrument of a an oppositional or reactionary culture that is uh, that is used to attack the other side. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so and and mythologies can rise up around this this person that are that are totally fact free. That really have they don't really need to attach. They don't need to to touch the earth. They can just sort of float in the atmosphere. And the eg for that, I would say, is Donald J. Trump. So mm. he, here is an example of someone who has been repeatedly disgraced in the larger culture, <laughs> but has has in fact created a a gravity free mythology, a brand, if you will, a brand. Yeah, yeah, yes. that that is that's that's been quite successful mm-hmm. and has created its own social reality. Now, wow, Jesse Smollett is unlikely to be that. Figure, I understand that, but but you asked for specific examples, and, mm-hmm. and those are two ways that someone who has been ostensibly disgraced can actually either make their way or, in fact, become exalted by mm-hmm. by that disgrace, or or that disgrace can be used to, uh, towards that exaltation. Okay. But wait, when was Donald Trump first disgraced? What the White House Correspondents' Dinner? No, oh, way back. Is that back. what you mean? Oh, back. way back. Way back. Bankruptcy. Yeah, bankruptcy. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Casinos yeah. buying this um, football team or game or, you know. He was lampooned very. Trump I mean, stakes. Come yeah. on. I mean, mm, yeah. But I do want to say something mm. about this idea of the media not mm. only getting it wrong, but also that there are voices, dissenting voices, even within that. And I think of Britney mm. Spears and I think of, mm. God, what is this man's mm. name? He was a um, talk show host. Craig. Craig. 
Craig, Craig Kilborn? Craig Ferguson. Ferguson, Ferguson, Ferguson. Uh-huh. He was the only one at the time when she was having pu- a lot of public um, shenanigans were going on who was like, she needs help and did not make fun of her. Mm. And to, yeah. so when the whole Britney Spears trial came down and she got her um, her um, agency back effectively, they were like, he's the only one. He was the only dissenting voice. He was the only one who's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to make fun of Britney Spears. I love Craig Ferguson. That guy's great. I think yeah, he, yeah, he's great. What a he's mind. really wise. What a mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love him. Super I think he's wise. amazing. Yeah. But, but I think that that's yeah. the kind of thing I'm always looking for in the, mm-hmm. the yelling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who's quiet? Who's paying attention? Okay, that person right there. Because, yeah. because what you can have a great talk show without making fun of the um, misfortunes of other people. You can do that, mm. but I think it is it is yep. a thing that we have um, we've used as a currency to justify our own really shitty ass positions around culture, around race, and mm-hmm. homophobia, and a number of things, and injustice. Well, I think I think justify a position around just allowing ourselves to be cruel to other people. Oh, I mean, well I said. Ultimately, well said. I ultimately think that that's that's a key element of Trump's draw. That's not the only element. But the but the but there's a key aspect of his appeal to people, which is to be able to be cruel to people without consequence. Mm-hmm. But it's not just. I mean, not to not to jump in on that. But it's both. It's not just Trump anymore. I mean, I no, can't I know tell that. you. How, no, uh, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's. I mean, think of all the. Um, Think of all the deathbed recanting stories that ran during COVID about the people like, if I had only taken the vaccine and all of the stuff floating around social media around, you know, they, they deserve what they get. They didn't take the vaccine. That's, you know, they, they deserve their death. You know, this is on them. Like that, it cruelty has has is broken free and is running amok in the country and mm-hmm. it, it's attached to every political ideology right now so i just want to say that as far as the covid cases um mm-hmm. stories where they're on the deathbed or the woman there's a one there's a t- i think i shouted it out on facebook a couple weren't vaccinated the woman got so sick that um she had some sort of I want to say it was a brain infection, but they had to put mm-hmm. a put her on a machine which basically pumped her blood for like in and through her system for like mm. a, like a month or so. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was a radically um, invasive, um, mm. life saving procedure, um, and she's still kind of recovering. She doesn't have full mobility. La la la. In all of these stories, I've never ever once read a line in the story that said something like. And they deserve this. Like I've ne- like never, like not, not no, in well, any of the accounts. Well, maybe not verbatim, but I was. Th- I thought you, Travis was referring to social media responses. So I was oh, referring oh, okay. to both. Okay, absolutely yes. That on social media, mm-hmm. it's all over the place. I yeah. mean, you like it, the air is thick with recrimination, mm-hmm. and B, I. It comes through. So the tenor of the vaccine stories when people were on their deathbed were very much, I came to Jesus. Yeah. Like yeah. on right. my deathbed, like right. I, I realized I, I my mistake. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the implication of that, I mean, New York times reporters are sophisticated. Washington post reporters are sophisticated. Vox reporters are sophisticated. Mm-hmm. The tenor of those stories right. is guilt and redemption. Right. Now they're not going to spe- they're not going to spell out that this is their fault, but we do know it's their fault because we've all fucking read Dante's Inferno, right? Like we've all we've all sat in those classes. I, 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 yeah. I have I yeah, have read Dante's Inferno. At some point you did. You maybe you may you at some point you've observed. I mean, the idea is that there are levels of hell that are reserved for you once Jesus appeared on earth and you refuse to hear his message. So the <laughs> philosophers get to a really, they, they, they have to go to hell because they don't have Jesus, but they're right on the outer circle. It's okay. You know, you, you didn't, you didn't actually know that, um, you know, you were probably a pretty good person, but you didn't actually know that, that, that the son of God was, you know, was here to save you. So these are stories that are just dripping with guilt and responsibility. And so the level and a of, lack of compassion I want to add that. And yes, absolutely. Compassion. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, because that's what that's what that's what prompted it's just the, God this, stuff. this line. Oh, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, like yeah. so the cruelty mm-hmm. as I said before, cruelty now roams the countryside. 
it absolutely is set free. No political party is immune to it. Mm-hmm. No position, no politic, no cultural, no cultural stance. It's there, it's alive, and it's animating a lot of what we're doing in 2022. But I think that this, there's a different way to read these stories. I think that you're talking about guilt and redemption, and, and, and as uh, Stephen pointed out, um, a lack of compassion. But what if they are actually, because the Bible is full of these kinds of stories too, the story that's supposed to be the cautionary tale. So it's not about guilt and redemption, mm. but more about mistake and being redeemed. Like it, you're putting the emphasis slightly on a different place, but that's, I mean, what is, what is the story of Jonah but that, right? Like so when you, when you, Jonah when and the you whale, shared, I should say. Yeah. When, when you shared, or if not you, when other people share these mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. and pile on to the people who, the unvaccinated who have died of COVID. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the animating emotion is caution? I don't Do you feel I don't I don't Do I don't you, think that these stories are for the unvaccinated people who have died. I think they're for the unvaccinated people who have not been convinced that they need to get the vaccine. So you feel like so you feel that the you feel that the the emotional energy behind these stories is concern for fellow man. Okay, you're being okay. Stephen's no, 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 no. I, 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 I no, mean, no, 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 yeah, no. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm just. <laughs> yeah. I'm just making you just aware that that Stephen is like, I got to go, and I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> right in the middle of a good um, yelling. Yeah, yeah juicy um, exchange. You're putting the emphasis on this thing in a in a, and you're you're voicing it in a very incredulous tone, like yeah, like <laughs> own that fully, one hundred percent. Yes, right. for sure. No. But the, but I want to nuance it. It's not about cons, it's not this sort of altruistic concern for one's fellow human beings, but more like, hey, there's this big fucking ditch over there, and a bunch of keep, people keep driving at like sixty miles an hour, like there isn't a big ditch, and they keep fucking the vehicles up and falling into it. Mm-hmm. And I frankly would rather you not do that because the ditch thing like makes it worse for everybody like lots of people are getting hurt lots of people going to hospital lots of people like other people can't get get into hospital doing the things that they need to do because you guys keep falling into this ditch so stop falling into the fucking ditch please okay so in your in your in your in your (laughs) very generous explanation for what motivates that activity which i will grant you I assume you would extend the same courtesy to the people who are skeptical of vaccines, because in fact, what they are concerned about is people driving into the ditch of medical harm. Except that, and so uh, no, no, no. So, so you can't. So this, this no, is where I don't actually. No, no, no. So this is this is. I mean, and we and we have to wrap it up. But and I'll and I'll give you the last word after I say this. This is where and and. And maybe we can, I don't know that we should do a podcast on this. We can talk about this between the, the two. This is where I, I feel like you have a line in your thinking around these issues that invalidates your larger argument. Mm. You may, mm. in fact, be correct that, that uh, and in fact, I would grant you that uh, it is a greater social harm to to foster vaccine skepticism than it is to um, advocate for mass vaccinations. Ultimately, hist- over the long haul, my suspicion would be that the former is worse than the latter. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really matter if what we are talking about is empathy and compassion, because what it's about is that no position no recrimination, no judgment is justified in dealing with other human beings in that way, A, because it's not effective, and B, because it's ungenerous. And that everyone is motivated and makes choices about knowledge networks that are opaque to them. You don't have a medical background to make judgments about vaccines, neither do I, so I'm granting that, right? And and the people that are making these judgments that vaccines are harmful don't have that medical background. You are both, we are all behind a veil of ignorance and the choices we make are largely determined by our social networks and we should have more compassion about that for one another. So my response to that, and I do hope you're gonna let me have the last word on this. I, I really am, I, pro- okay. I promise. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Like I'll that, say goodbye. But that's it. <laughs> that, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it I'm gonna take it to a place that's kind of um it's it's worse than being a vuncular. It's like being like kind of um there's a better word for this. And that's, it's not patriarchal, but parental. So okay. um, my thing is, yeah, all of those things I can stipulate too, except for the fact that when a parent sees a bunch of other children getting into trouble by doing the X, Y, Z, and they tell their child, no, I don't want you doing that. Um, and it's really go- hard for me to give you the last word here. <laughs> well, <okay>. but, they're giving, <laughs> but I'm going to. But, but you are going to be true to your word now. Um, I am, I am, that's right. Um, and they are saying, like, given the examples that I've seen of what's happened to these other children, I don't want this happening to you. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that here's the thing that, that I don't want you doing. And you're going to, and if you screw it up, like there are going to be consequences. And yes, I'm probably going to shame you. And yes, I'm probably going to like, um, say that you can't, you can't do this and that for a month or whatever. Um, and that for me is a valid position to have. It's just, it's just to say that of the examples right. that I've seen before me, of people getting hurt doing X, Y, or Z, this one, I don't want you doing. And if you do that, then there are going to be consequences. Um, and I don't like doing that with other adult human beings, but we've all, we've already said to each other on the show that there's a deep way in which our culture is adolescent and we infantilize each other consistently, but we also infantilize ourselves. Mm-hmm. And at some point, if there's an adult that stands up in the room and says, no, this is stupid. We're not going to do that. We should really do this. And a bunch of other adults say, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then a bunch of other adults who don't want to actually be adults say, no, I'm going to stand in the sandline in this corner and I'm not coming out <laughs> until I get my way. Like the rest of us would be like, okay, sh- you know, we got shit to do. Good, good luck to you. And with that, maybe we should talk about this in another podcast. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would like that because what I saw Travis say visually, I saw him standing there because I always think mm-hmm. it's about approach that can shape people's mm-hmm. dynamic when it comes to thinking these things through. Is that mm-hmm. someone's mm-hmm. yelling at Travis? I'm not getting, I'm not getting the vaccine, and he's, you know, he's martial arting them out of the way. It <laughs> <laughs> don't really hit him because he's like, I'm trying to have compassion. It's hard. This person's pretty good. <laughs> and so visually, I see Seth going. <laughs> Y'all need to act right. You're not acting right. You're not good faith players. You want to hold up democracy because mm-hmm. you didn't get your way. But mm-hmm. those are the visuals that I'll leave you guys with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Until next time. <laughs> Thanks. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Okay. Later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.